What is up, all of you? This is this is Toffee Blues USA again, your source for all things Everton, American style. So it's just like it's just like a normal Toffee Blues thing, except we just have way less history with the club than a lot of the dudes uh, who are talking from England. Yeah, yeah that's just the way it is. Um, so uh, joining me on this voyage of blue discovery. Uh, he's, he's been here a couple times before. It's just been a bit, it's been a hot second. I didn't realize how long it had been, but he's back now. Cameron from the Carolina Toffees is with us again. Cameron, what is up, man? I love your jacket. I uh, appreciate it, Jerry. How are you? Good to talk to you again since, uh, we were, I think, singing Spirit of the Blues because it was September and we were at top of the league and we we're basically running away with everything. So, yeah. uh. It's uh, still good times. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. This is this jacket is boss, by the way. That's the away warm up. It's, uh, it's the best. I really love that. Yeah. <laughs> is it, does it have a hood? Yes, it does. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my Thought gosh. about just doing it like this the rest of the pod, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess people want to see my face. I, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, in your case, they'd prefer the hood down, you know, uh, just to be able to, to connect with Cameron. See me, uh, you know, if I did that, all my hair would be sticking out the front and it would just be a hilarious effect, I think. And they'd probably prefer that. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> I find it's, uh, it's yeah, preferred. You've got that I'm going on. Nervous. I can't do that. <laughs> Trust me, never in my life has this been done. Only the past yeah. year, for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Cameron's been on before. This is not Cameron's first uh, Toffee Blues uh, USA rodeo. Um, so, uh, wanted to. I, I was trying to think about. I always like to do something a little unexpected with um, with the, the some people who have been on before. Um, I wanted to go ahead and remind everybody. I did mention he is from the Carolina Toffees, which is the supporters group in my realm as well because I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina and Cameron is in the Charlotte, North Carolina area and he's rocking that uh, Carolina Toffees logo in the background. Yes, this is the, it's actually the updated version and I apologize it's a little out of focus. It's because I literally grabbed it from a Facebook screenshot and put it as my background so didn't have time to adjust it but we we, Gwen, who uh, was nice enough to update it from our group, and uh, it's going to be on all the subsequent merchandise that uh, whenever we get, get rolling on that, he's, it's going to be on there, and, it's, uh, and we're really excited for that, which is kind of a little bit of a spoiler, but, yeah, but hopefully some merch will be dropping this year. That's awesome. Yeah, so, and uh, just let you know, if you're in the Carolinas area, you need to... Uh, check out the Carolina Toffees Facebook group. There's also Twitter. Um, and it's just a really cool community in there. Some, some awesome people. So, um, Very true. so yeah. So the weird thing, the thing I was, uh, the unexpected, the curveball. last time 
I gave Jeff Walner a, a, a 10 question lightning round. I was gonna, I, I'm gonna save that for the next time because I didn't want to do back-to-back -back lightning rounds. So I'm saving that for next time for Cameron. So just saying that check is in the mail, Cameron, all right? I'll be prepared. <laughs> if we got, if I got three months, uh, maybe I'll be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so this time I, I was thinking about things that might be interesting for both our American uh, Everton supporters that are, that are watching and listening, uh, but also the, the folks that are in England or maybe other parts of the world as well, um, because we do have a decent amount of people who are not in one of those two places. Um, and Because I, I, I was thinking about good conversation topics for, you know, fans that maybe didn't grow up in the culture, you know? Uh, and, and I thought about it and I was like, you know something that I kind of, you discover as you go are those, those, those toffee taboos, those, those little Everton supporting rules that you have, uh, that you learn along the way that you don't, when you, when you just, when you, when you decide, hey, Everton works for me, Everton is, it's calling, it feels right, so I'm gonna be an Everton supporter. Uh, it, it doesn't come with an instruction book, although I will say, could be interesting video, just saying. Uh, so, but it, a little, you know, it doesn't come with that. So, you know, a lot of times uh, people will go and they'll join message boards and they'll accidentally put their foot in their mouth repeatedly just right out of the gate because they don't know what they're doing and they don't realize they're pissing people off, all right? And they're just doing the, the stuff that, that the, the Evertonians that have been supporting the club for years and years and years, uh, they, they know this already. It's second nature to them. But some folks like us, Cam, it, it, it was not from birth. You know, for me, I grew up mm -hmm. knowing uh, ACC basketball. So learning, learning about Premier League, uh, Premier League football, Premier League soccer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, that, it, was a, it was a journey, right? So I wanted to ask you, Cam, which of those little Everton rules, the, or sometimes they're not little, sometimes they're pretty damn big, uh, which of those kind of toffee taboos have you kind of learned along the way that you feel like would A, be interesting to people in England or B, educational to, to people like us or C, just something that we can connect with. And so I would, I'm hearing you and I'm like, yeah, I, I went through that. So what do you, what do you have on that, on that topic? Yeah, it's, I think it would be great to have a handbook for the, this kind of thing because I certainly when I started rooting for Everton, uh, I jumped right into it and you obviously you're just jumping right into the deep end. You know, you just mm -hmm. don't even realize it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a whole new culture. Um, I would like, I would say that when we, when I first started all of this and uh, maybe even with the, the Twitter account, I didn't have the Twitter account originally, but I think on Facebook or, or some form of social media, I retweeted a periodical in England that is called The Sun, uh, which I learned too late was a big mistake. I had no idea that it was basically banned in the entire city of Liverpool, and I didn't realize why. I then found out about Hillsborough, and I found out that there was a documentary that came out, I believe it was uh, before the World Cup in 2014, Roger Bennett actually did the 
ESPN documentary about it and subsequently the investigation and what happened and all the blame game that was done. Mm -hmm. And then you start to realize why everybody in the city of Liverpool can't stand that, uh, that let's call it, you know, that whatever the, that shitty, you know, periodical that it is. And uh, I learned very quickly, don't ever, ever quote them. Don't ever talk to them. Don't ever do anything associated with them. And I, it's actually so ingrained in me now, you know, seven, eight years later that whenever I see somebody quoting it, no matter who it is, where they, who they support, where they're from, I'm like, if I know them, I'm like, guys, just, just don't, yeah. please. It, it's, I try not to be too, you know, in their face about it if they don't know, because I was once like that. But if I see someone who's, who knows about this and they do it, I, you know, then it gets a little bit tense. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, earlier when I said little Everton taboos and some of them are big damn ones, this is a big damn one. This is a this is one of the biggest, you better damn well figure it out quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's really, yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, I would say, and just to add on a really small one, that mm-hmm. I actually annoys me now just if you watch like just broadcasts and the 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 abbreviation for Everton when they're playing is EVE ev and i that is that annoys me a lot because i know for a fact evertonians are very very sensitive about when someone says because when someone says ev or the ev that yep. is put down it's, it's usually a someone supporting the team from across the park yeah. And they're basically saying, oh, look at you little guys over there, yeah. you know. So when I see that abbreviation, it's kind of like, uh, I guess they're doing it for just because they have to. But, you know, EFC would work just fine. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't really know why that is. And I never really inquired about it. But it is, it's kind of one of those little annoyances where I, when I look at it. Yeah, it infers like head padding. And it's just, it's yeah. one of those things that, and I didn't realize that either. Until I was, you know, I think I was scanning like grand old team like years and years ago. And there was a discussion in there about calling them the Ev or Ev. And mm-hmm. it was one of those, like somebody had done that and they were like, look, no. You know, it's, right. <laughs> it was a very, exactly. and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a rude conversation, but it was, it was sort of like, a, you know, we don't, we don't do that. You know, it seems, no. and, and, and from outside. It seems arbitrary, right? But exactly, you, get, you just wouldn't even yeah. pay attention. Yeah, that's a really good one, by the way. I didn't even think about that one. That is very true. Um, that is that is definitely one of those that I ran into as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, any others that you could think of? So, uh, yeah. See, this is why I may or may not have done well on your lightning round because I got like two really big ones, and then it's kind of like, uh oh, I'm, I'm, he's already fading. So it's like, <laughs> got to come up with something else. I mean, I I could leave the other one, like the big one for you, like because every it's for everybody. It's the fact when we inter- interchange the terms soccer and football, it's uh, you know we do it as Americans because it's really what we do. It's mm-hmm. how we grew up with it. We grew up sock with soccer. I mean, it's called Major League Soccer year Mm -hmm. and in order to differentiate uh from football and that's just that's just how we know it here um Mm -hmm. i would say i i tried to make sure i use the term football when i'm talking with 
folks from across the pond. But, mm -hmm. you know, if I say soccer, I say soccer. I'm unapologetic about it. I'm from the United States. So that's what we know. So uh, can, I, can I just say, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get to this now, because otherwise we're going to have to get to it later. We're doing a mailbag segment later on in the show. And one of the, one of the questions from Instagram, okay, was from Jack underscore one. I guess that's lowercase o dot two o. The question is, why do you say soccer? It's called football. American football is just weird rugby. Uh, so <laughs> it's just way too appropriate not to go ahead and mention this and, and get it out of the way now, okay? Um, I will say when I first started uh, uh, doing Toffee Blues videos and content, uh, I was recording a lot with Edward and Max and David, and it was a it was a it was a you know a pretty small group of guys we were recording with, and it was funny like every every once in a while I'd let a soccer slip, and Dave always called it my soccer bombs. He was like, yeah, you you let a few soccer bombs <laughs> slip, you know. And I That's always good. thought that was, yeah, it was, it was just great because it was really confusing. I'll, I will tell you right now, for me, I was doing a show at the time and the primary audience were English folks. So to me, it made sense to say football. It made sense to say football. That was our audience. And because I'm constantly thinking, who's watching this? You know, right, right. now in this show, we got both. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll say soccer, and every once in a while I'll say say football. I got to tell you, you know, I'm when I'm talking to, it's just it's confusing sometimes, uh, you know, because when you're if, when you're having a conversation with an English person, and every once in a while you start talking about American football, and you just say football, but then you realize you feel silly for saying American football, and so it goes into this really weird like you start getting self conscious about every time you mention a sport, either one of those, okay. It's a very strange experience, like it, I, I, going through it, and I felt the need to kind of like, like qualify everything I'm saying every single time. And so what I've started doing now on this show is just, I mix it up. Sometimes I'll say soccer, sometimes I'll say football, and I'll mix it up. Because um, I think in Australia, they say soccer, right? Because yep. they have Australian rules football. Oh, they've yeah. got all sorts of weird stuff. Over oh, it's there. crazy. <laughs> Australian rules football is so fun to watch. It is oh, it so, is. I agree. It's absolutely batshit, and I love it. Oh, my gosh. So I know. If, if Jack underscore is watching this, you know, you think <laughs> we have weird – if you think you we have weird sports, <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to take a look down at Australia. But, I like, <laughs> but it's weird. But like the Aussies, you know, all we have weird sports, but we love them, all of them. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, if I was talking to Jack – uh, I, I would probably, I'm one of those people, I tend to think about comfort and making people comfortable. So if I were talking to Jack right now, I would say football. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would. It's just kind of, it's just, you know, every once in a while that slip, because let's be honest, this is a sport I was, I've been playing since I was five, and, and we called it soccer, mm -hmm. and we still do. So some stuff's ingrained, yeah. but really it would just be out of politeness and comfort, I would say football. Sure. You know? I mean, if you um, go, into any, go into any sporting goods store in the United States and what are you buying? It, what does it say? Soccer ball. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's just it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last one really quick uh, before we get started. And it's not an Everton specific one. Also another, not yeah. another one, but, uh, or not another Everton specific one. This one is just, um, it's strange. 
when you, one of the first things you want to do when you decide, hey, I want to be an average fan is I want to get a kit. I want a shirt, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, I want to get a shirt. That's all. It's this big, long search. Who's going to be on the back of my shirt? What player am I going to get? What player am I going to get? Well, my first kit, I was like, it's got to be Leighton Baines, right? It's got to be Leighton Baines. That guy's the coolest. Mm-hmm. He just so it says so much about Everton. It's like, it's got to be Leighton Baines. So I'm about to buy this kit. And then I see on Grand Old Team, again, Grand Old Team. I mean, it's a popular forum. You know, if you're not already checking that out, Great. it's one of those forums you got to check out uh, for the people who are watching. Yeah. I know Cameron knows. <laughs> it's, it's probably a very old hat for Cameron. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I saw a discussion on there about how the only kit people that get their name on the back of their kits and numbers on the back of their kits in England are kids. It's like little kid fans. It's like, oh, will you sign my shirt? You know, that kind of thing. And it's, and I was like, oh, crap. So if I get a kit, if I get a shirt and I wear it to, to if I take it to England and wear it, probably going to catch some crap about that. Probably going to get teased about being a five-year-old, you know, where, you know. But then, so I, I started getting really self-conscious about it. And then I realized, I was like, okay, you know something? I'm here in America. Our culture, we're all about ordering jerseys with names and our favorite players on the back. And it's just something we do, you know? So I've been doing it. And right. I, I have to, and, but you know what? I'm not going to take any of those to England. I'm going to be smart about it. I'm not going to invite any attention on myself when I go over there. Right. <laughs> None of that. But, yeah. Yeah, so. I... I I'm very self-conscious. I under I, I think literally any game you watch, for instance, you see the supporters, the adult supporters, they're all just wearing their normal everyday clothes. Yep. And so it's just, a, it's basically a day out. They just, yep. they're going out to watch the football and then they're going to go, well, they've been drinking and then they're going to go back out and go drink some more. <laughs> so it's, uh, when I, I will say this, as someone who's been to the, to a few matches now over mm-hmm. there, the good news is that in England, really, no matter what time of year it is, it's probably around 50 to 60 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you're always wearing a jacket or something mm-hmm. over it. Like every time I've gone to a match, I wear, I do have a kit on, but I always mm-hmm. have, then I have like a hood, a hooded sweatshirt or a jacket yeah. on over, over it. So it really doesn't matter. And, you know, people will figure out that I'm an American very quickly because mm-hmm. one, I enter from the wrong side like going in to get my ticket and then <laughs> and then <laughs> so I get in the phone line yeah. so and then uh, then they realize oh yeah that guy <laughs> and then you know it's when I'm talking you know if someone if I end up engaging people in conversation you know it's 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 always friendly like they always mm-hmm. enjoy especially in the northwest they really enjoy having Americans up there for the most part I would say because yeah. you know we I get the sense that not a lot of Americans are in that part of, of England. Right. You know, generally, mm-hmm. it's usually always London or the South right. somewhere because of the coastline. So uh, they always are intrigued, <laughs> like usually when, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, you come to watch a match, did you? <laughs> so, uh, awesome. But they're always, they always, they're always great. I mean, it's, it's always great meeting them because there's always, they always will have a go with you because that's just how they are, but it's always yeah. complete hundred percent jest. And it's, 
and it's fun. See, that's cool. That's cool to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, I think that's the real thing at the end of the day is if you, if you truly respect the club and other supporters, it doesn't really matter what kind of ridiculous faux pas you're going to commit. Uh, you know, right. you care about the club, you love the club, you respect the other, you respect the club, it's history and everything else. And it's kind of like you hold up your hands, you're like, my bad, not having it again. Much love, guys. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's that's the respectful way to do it. And I feel like you do that and everything's cool, you know. Exactly. And three or four beers in, no one's going to care. <laughs> oh geez <laughs> sorry i'm i've right. gotten to the point where my tolerance is not what it used to be and i'm like three or four beers oh my god i'm gonna be miserable <laughs> yeah it, yeah well for them it's a for some of the ones i met it was a lot more than that but <laughs> that's the thing i'm gonna be wanting to drink like so much like english beer when i get over there and i'm just like yeah that's yeah. Yeah, I would say peer pressure does come into play a little bit over there. I guarantee so. it. I guarantee it. I'm just gonna be like, when, you got, when you've got guys, you have guys that are twice your age just drinking you under the table, you're kind of thinking, okay. Oh, well, the thing is, like, the night of, I can drink as much as I need to, but I'll probably be out right. for about a week afterward with pain. Exactly. You know, just feel like I got hit by five trucks. Oh, oh so thank God my flight's not till – three days from now because <laughs> <laughs> i'll need every second of that to lay in the bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well this has been super fun i'm glad this is actually a really good topic especially to talk with you cameron because i feel like you bring a unique perspective you're kind of a you're a seasoned guy as a as an everton supporter um and you've been over there which is really cool um so uh anyway we should move on though we've got uh we've got some more show to do we need to, so I'm going to flip this card, which means we are moving on. Boom, done. All right, so we've got a Sheffield Wednesday preview for FA Cup. And after that, we've got a mailbag with a bunch of questions, okay? Some, at least right. one familiar name as well that I was excited about uh, when I saw his question. Um, but we're going to do the Sheffield Wednesday preview, and this should be interesting. <laughs> I know so much about them. We are <laughs> – we we are just just total experts on Sheffield Wednesday, um, so much about Wednesday. Yeah. So um, Wednesday's current form is to, uh, they're twenty third in the championship uh, right now with a record of six, seven, and ten, nineteen points. Uh, recent results. Uh, honestly, the recent results are not bad. Recent results are actually pretty good. Uh, oh, good. We're catching them when they're just catching fire. <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? That's what I was – I was feeling good. I saw where they were uh, in the table, and I was like, oh, they don't have a permanent manager yet because they, when they sacked mm. Tony Pulis, they had somebody lined up. But the person that they were wanting to line up wasn't really that interested and was worried about the instability at the club. And so, uh, however, the recent results are not bad at all. Uh, like I said, 2-0 win over Exeter City in the previous round of FA Cup. Before that, they had a 1-0 win over Derby FC. Um, before that, a 2-1 win over Mil Middlesbrough. All right. Um, and they haven't lost since December 15th. Um, oh not bad. It's a solid <laughs> little streak for the Owls, actually. So, uh, anyway, 
I, I, so what I did, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, here's a good probable lineup for Wednesday. All right. Because I, I don't, I, yeah. But what I've done, I pulled a lineup from a previous match, but I didn't pull the one over Exeter because I just feel like they would line up differently against us than they did against Exeter. Okay. So I pulled the lineup from the one nil win over Darby uh, because I feel like the one nil win with a, with a, you know, against a, another championship side, it just seems like maybe they'll do something similar. So what it looked like was they ran a four, four, two and they started with uh, Wildsmith, Odubajo, Lees, Shaw, Palmer, Reach, Pelpesi, uh, Bannon, Harris, Windus and Patterson. Leading scorer is Patterson with four goals. Right behind him is uh, is Windus with three. And they ha they're uh, they're leading assist uh, assister. That's just a weird assist player, mm -hmm. assist maker, the creator of goals uh, is Bannon. He's got four assists. It's actually pretty solid uh, coming from the wing. So I think you right. probably will see a decent amount of. Uh, I'm assuming those are coming from from crosses whenever you see a wing player getting lots of assists. That's usually the assumption, especially coming in a 4-4-2. Uh, so uh -huh. there's that. Um, usually when you hear about a club that is trying to stabilize, it's a popular thing for them to revert to a 4-4-2 formation. You know what I mean? That's, that's a pretty yeah, common We know thing. all about that. Yes, we do. <laughs> Absolutely do. Um, and, and, and I get it because it's out of, out of formations, it's the simplest for the players to just learn their roles. Here's the roles, keep it simple, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like we're gonna see a decent amount of that. Um, so what do you think, Cameron? Let's, let's kinda, we don't really know much about this squad at all. We know they struggled in the championship this season. We know they're, they're getting some wins, but they're, what they're really doing, they're grinding. It's a lot of grind, ground out wins, one nil, two one. You know, one-one draw, that kind of thing. Uh, seems to me, it sounds like a team that, that probably does a lot of defending, and probably tries to catch you on the counter and get uh, and be decent at set plays. Just this is all assumption, but yeah, <laughs> it's stereotyping yeah, yeah. form. So yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before I get into it, I'm just going to base it off of the last team he played in the FA Cup. Uh, I know you already that talked is a about good the, I was thinking the, the Rotherham team. team yeah. That we were about, that I know you had in a previous podcast. Uh, first off, good question for your uh, mailbag or lightning round, whenever for the next guy is, how many teams has Tony Poulos managed and what are they? <laughs> oh, oh I, no. You could probably throw a dart. It's like Sheffield Wednesday fires manager. Who was it? Oh, maybe Tony Poulos. Oh, it was. <laughs> so interesting. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, when you said that, I was like, oh, no way. How many teams has he managed in that country? Yeah, yeah. And in his, I feel like he's had a, had a strange stretch of managing uh, over the past, yeah. like, year for some reason. Just even year has been a little odd for him is the vibe I'm getting. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, just going to hang out in the championship for the rest of my career, which is not a bad idea. I mean, so as long as he can keep getting work. Yeah. So uh, be the same Allardyce in the championship. Keep teams up. So, <laughs> oh, uh, 
I've never been I'd, I'd hate to have to be the. You might want to edit that out because someone may yell at me on Twitter for that one. Nah, but, nah it's uh, fine. <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm not sure if anybody wants to be the Sam Allardyce of anything. Uh, of anything. <laughs> I, I think I think the only thing is the Sam Allardyce of pouring wine into pint glasses. I'm, there you go. I'm fine. I'm fine with doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of eating anything gravy based. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the gravy yeah. stuff tripped me out when I found it out because I didn't know all that. When I saw people making these gravy granules references, and I, I just lost it. Bisto and stuff. Oh, it just, oh I, it's so funny. Just the references for Allardyce yeah. alone. How are we talking about this now? How we, how is this happening? We laugh we laugh because we laugh so that we don't cry about that era. It's true, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but to so jump you back, you mentioned the Robert, Robert, Robert game, yeah. Yeah, I I think that going back to it, and first off, Rotherham hopefully was a cautionary tale for this club. Mm-hmm. I won't get too much into it, but you know, watching that match, I guess it was two or three weeks ago now. Uh, once again, a, a pattern sometimes whenever, like, I love the way Ancelotti has this team mm-hmm. set up and how he has them going full bore. But they have had a tendency, and it, I may attribute it some to injuries and whatnot, but they've had a tendency, to, in especially during their poor spell last year, where they would jump out and be just full bore for about 10, 15 minutes and have, like, 80% possession and going – and basically looking like they're going to score, they're going to score, and then they do score. And once they, but once they do, it's like, let's hit the brakes here and hit the car goes like careening and this goes from 60 to zero. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they just go right. And that's exactly what happened at Rotherham after Chang scored was the, they just fell out. And then all of a sudden Rotherham got confident, was holding on to the ball. You know, they would basically stifle any attack we had and just try to hit us on the break. And I think if I'm Sheffield on, on a Sunday, you look at that as a blueprint. It's like Everton is going to come at you because they are the stronger side. And if, as long as you can put, you know, if you put about nine or 10 guys back, which I, I really think is going to be their strategy because they know that they can get into a PK situation, which because it's only one match, you know, that would be their bread and butter against us. So I would be, I would be very cautious if I were Everton. I want, I want them to go all out, especially because I would hope by this point, with all the off time they've had, that some some guys are healthy and they mm-hmm. can actually put out a full squad this Sunday. Um, and I would hope that they are going all out in the, I guess now the preferred formation of four two three one and uh, just absolutely just blitz style attack these guys. And I would love love to go back to September where we have comfortable games. I don't know what those are anymore, but yeah. like a two three. Three nil victory would be fantastic, but I think that would be the strategy. But again, going back to Rotherham, you know, we we saw what happened when you you just no matter what the side is and where they're where they are and what they're doing, like they're still dangerous. They're still a side that's not, you know, especially as you mentioned, they're they're finding their form. They haven't lost since mid December, so it's they obviously have found a formula that works. So we've got to be mm-hmm. we've got to be very careful. Yeah. Uh... It's a, it was a kind of a vibe of complacency, wasn't it, after we got that goal? Mm-hmm. It was very just oh, a, yeah. okay, we got a lead. Let's, uh, I think we're probably going to keep the lead, don't you guys think? You know, and it's almost like they were having that conversation while the other team was like, 
attacking while that little American mm. on the wing was, <laughs> it was streaking down. How predictable was it he was going to score? I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, of course he did. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I remember earlier in the, the game, I heard them mention, you know, it's from the U.S. I was like, oh, you know, I, you know, I made that classic mistake where I was like, oh, I hope he has a decent game. No, yeah. never think that. Wait till after the game and then say, well, I hope he has a good season, you know? Yeah. Well, good game, guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but so so yeah man um just the uh, and, and then like it took a little while for us to you know kind of turn things back into gear get things back in gear uh in the second half um it was just such a such a strange such a strange match man um so i do you think you this this game could find us doing some coasting is that kind of a is that a, a new trademark of, of the squad? Or is that, like you mentioned, do you think, do you think that's due to injury and us kind of still finding a footing? Uh, I, I think that the, the coasting was just, we were so, the, the Rothera match was a combination, I think. They thought they really were going to be able to go about 80% and, and get a victory very quickly. I mean, I think they bought in Rotherham's, a, you know, in the relegation zone and the championship. Mm-hmm not playing well, hadn't won a match in God knows how long. And, yeah. and on top of that, they were playing with a, with basically no striker because I, I mean, I don't really classify Shank at this point as really a, any position player for us. I guess he's a striker. But at the same time, we had, we did, we were racked with injuries, but I also don't want to make that excuse. And you shouldn't be making excuses like that, um, especially against a side that you're spo- you should be head and shoulders above. Absolutely. Uh, so that I, I think that that woke them up. They're going to have a full squad hopefully come this weekend. And I think especially Carlo is not going to put up with any of that. I think is anybody who looks like they're coasting is going to get or isn't isn't playing well is going to get yanked around minute fifty five sixty. So love that, love that. Which I which I enjoy seeing, and that you know the. the the group that has been on notice really, I think since the start of the year has been that midfield. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's still, he's still messing around with it just because he's, you know, between injuries, you know, it's not going to affect this weekend's game. The has got a, got a suspension coming up next week and mm-hmm. which I know you'll be discussing on the next pod, but, mm-hmm. uh, but that's, he's going to have to tinker again, but Quite honestly, you know, I'm thinking if Jaimes, if he doesn't start Jaimes, then really we're looking at another midfield, central midfield that includes the one of, you know, Gilfie, Davies, Gomez. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't, if whenever, when that, when those combos aren't working well, it, it's a disaster in the midfield. Here's a question. So, Decore is supposed to be suspended for the Leicester match, which means Decore can play right. this one. You think he plays yes. him just to make sure and get, you know, get some play out of him, get, you know, any kind of rust and make sure? Because it didn't occur to me until you mentioned that. And I was just like, that would be a perfect time to start him then, you know? Yes. And I, and I think that automatically puts Decore in the lineup Sunday. Yeah. Because, I mean, otherwise he wouldn't have played for two, more than two weeks before his next start. Right. So, and I think he, he's healthy. If, if the FA says you can play him, you know, it has nothing to do with the league. So, I absolutely got to play him. He has been 
by far and away uh, most consistent midfielder we've had all season. And I would say, you know, with the light, I would say you can throw Jaimes and you can throw Allen in there, except they've both been injured. That's the yeah. only reason I make, I make that comment, except, mm -hmm. you know, but even when everybody's healthy, the Corey is the box to box midfielder that we've ha need to absolutely have. Yeah. And once he came in against Rotherham, I mean, look at the night and day it was. I mean, it was just, it's amazing the head and shoulder level that he is above, say, Gilfie or uh, Davies or Gomez. I mean, it, it's it's actually kind of shocking, to be honest with you. And it also de it demonstrates that, uh, you know, we've been hearing that there's probably not going to be any movement in the transfer window this month. But yeah, we still are – when we get exposed and have some bad matches like we've had in the last month, uh, month or two, yeah, we, it demonstrates that we need to – we still have some work in, in the summer to offload some guys and get some new ones in here. So who do you think starts with DeCorey in the middle? Do you think it's going to be uh, Andre Gomez, Andre Gomes, or, uh, or Tom Davies? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I mean, it's almost like a rotation at this point. Um, good point. The good thing is, is that with Ducure, Ducure masks weaknesses from the other guys. And so I think he's kind of, Carlo is in a good position there because as long as Ducure's there, he mm -hmm. basically can make up for some of the deficiencies for the other guys. I honestly, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster ride with both of those guys. Gomez and Davies. <laughs> it's, it's like, wow, we're praising you know, Davies one week, and the next week we're like, he better not start again. And then, <laughs> and, but the same thing goes for Gomez. I think the, the issue for Gomez is he is such a liability going back. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like with the fact that we are going to try and press for goals quickly, it would be a Davies type of match. where Because at least as much as I don't like Davies when he, he's in the back either because he turns the ball over way too much, uh, in the wrong areas. Mm. I still think he's a little bit better than Gomez is moving forward. Although we just saw what Gomez is, up, yep. is capable of doing <laughs> when he actually has the ball at his feet and he has, you know, enough space to cross in mm -hmm. uh, against Wolves, for instance, which I know was talked about. But that, I mean, it's just kind of like, I, I, I could see him going either way. I would say maybe just on form alone, put Gomez next to Ducure and see mm -hmm. how that works. And then just go from there. And if it doesn't work, then you have to make a sub at 55, yeah. 60 minutes. I imagine, I mean, if I'm Carlo, it's weird. I'd be thinking things like, okay, are either one of them carrying a knock? Okay, if so, I start yeah. the other one, you know? Uh, which one am I thinking about starting against Leicester? Okay, start the other one. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of little stuff like that. Or are you planning on starting both? Uh, do you feel like Tom Davies had a good game last match? Does he need to get it out of his system? If so, start him. Or you want to build on the momentum that Andre Gomez is, is, is uh, building. Then we go there. It's such a, a strange way I, and, and the way Carlo works, it's like it's it's man management, right? He's usually so yeah. intelligent about how to do dole that out, you know. So uh, I this, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. And I said, and this is also where I'm I'm, I'm trying to remember who was starting in the midfield against Leicester the last time. 
because he's got to make that call too because most likely whoever starts Sunday isn't starting against Lester on Wednesday next week mm-hmm. uh, unless they're fully fit and ready to go. I'm trying to remember which of the two was on the pitch for that one for the majority of the time because obviously it was one of the best matches they played this year. Yeah. So uh, that would probably also factor into this decision he's making it- Sunday. If there's no decore for Leicester, is there a possibility Davies and Gomez are both both playing? I I don't see I don't see how that's gonna how he's gonna do that and justify it because they were such a liability as a duo the last time they were out there in that mm. position. And I with the I mean that midfield if you'd have watched any of the Leicester match against Chelsea uh, yesterday, they are they are fully healthy now and Full bore. I mean, Jay, Madison yeah. is going to run right through them. If, yeah. if uh, I, I'm sorry to say, if those two are starting, we have to have somebody else in the middle. Yeah. Over there. And he's a safe bet. Any word on Alan or maybe the bombing? Any any word on those guys? <laughs> I know. I, I, in fact, it'll be, you know what I'm really looking forward to is his press is Carlos conference on. I guess I it'll know. be Friday. Yeah. And maybe. Because, like, you know what happened before the Rotherham match was, hey, guess what? Lucas Dean's healthy. He's starting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe that's the message. I mean, what's it, what's I always find interesting is when the Everton Twitter account and Instagram, the social media team, is mum with their practice photos because it's all, that's usually a signal that somebody big is returning to training and they don't uh, – in sessions, obviously, can. But it's because I think he did say something to the effect of Alan was supposed to be back by the end of January, and we're mm-hmm. getting closer to that date. So, uh, but I it would be amazing if he is back for this weekend, because yeah. uh, at least that can take some of the pressure off. It'd be great. I don't. I'm not going to count on it. The fact that we've heard nothing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I would be blown away if somehow Gabamian's health, healthy for this yeah. match with Sheffield Wednesday. What a perfect, you know, not a league match. So it's not a, it's still pressure, but it's not the pressure of a league match. You know what I mean? It seems like that'll be a great time for him to come in and get some minutes. Who knows that? But they, I mean, I guarantee you, they are taking their time with him. Uh, yeah, I would. Um, I mean. I know that Netflix just rebooted, what was it, Unsolved Mysteries? So if they, the next, the next go-round of episodes, <laughs> just uh, if you do one on Gabamon, I mean, you'd have everybody in Liverpool, and at least Everton supporters, hooked on it. I'm like, where is this guy? <laughs> I, so, I so love a good, like, comeback story. I hope he comes up back and just kicks uh, ass. Too, yeah. I would love to see that. Oh, the poor guy. It's just had, like, the I, worst. You know, what's life. crazy is, what's nuts is that, people probably don't remember it because it was so long ago. It was the first two games of what, 19. He was fantastic. He started mm-hmm. both games and he, was, and he was doing great. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I guess it was his Achilles. And yeah. Oof. God. It, it was just terrible. I mean, it's, people it forget bad. that before that happened, he was playing, he was basically going to be like an entrenched midfielder for us. Yeah, it was, it'll be cool yeah. uh, once he's healthy. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to, because right now our main like athletic, you know, cover in the back there is Decore. Decore is the mm-hmm. one 
who's got those those long legs who can track people down. He's the phys he's physicality. Like it's interesting. Like Alan's more of uh, of a you know a pit, pit bull. You know, actually, mm -hmm. I think that's what they called him in Na at Napoli. Uh, they called him a pit bull. I talked to a friend of mine who's <laughs> Italian, and he I told him I was like Alan, right? And he was like, oh, he's the pit bull. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> that's who we need. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you know, part of the reason that. You know, Nakure is going to have to sit out. I mean, these five yellows he's picked up yeah. is because he's had to cover so much ground if, because Allen's been out and mm -hmm. really the other two, the other three guys that play in the midfield regularly are too slow to, to backtrack like he does. So yeah. essentially he, you know, if the attack breaks down, then he's chasing after whoever, you know, has the ball and eventually what he ends up having to do is take a foul because, you know, he, he's preventing a break and, mm -hmm. That's part of the reason that he's got to sit down. So we desperately need Allen back quickly. And yeah. we, uh, it'll be great. If Gavaman is suddenly healthy, fantastic. So we haven't discussed what's funny is we're talking about the midfield, which all three of the lines are worthy of discussion in this conversation. Or, uh, like, or like, you know, you've got your, I mean, we don't even know who's going to start a keeper. You know, I, you know, right. I personally, I would go with Olsen, but Carlo doesn't always do that. He doesn't always start the backup in FA Cup. Right. He doesn't do it like that. So you could see Pickford. I wrote down Olsen because that's who we started against uh, in the previous match against uh, Rotherham. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, he's, uh, maybe he's thinking Pickford uh, needs a few more minutes. So before the next league match. I don't know. Sure. So, uh, what about the back line, dude? What do you What are you doing there? Um, it you know it's it's hard for me to go away from what worked against Wolves. I mean, they were a very good. That was a good line that they played mm -hmm. back. I mean, they basically were playing. Uh, it was a little bit makeshift, and they had to defend a lot. So they, I, I like the group. I mean, obviously, I I would take. At this point, he's not starting in Cuckoo, no matter what. So yeah. we know we know that. So Dean is in, and I would start Dean anyway. He's, he needs the minutes. Agreed. Um, I would start. Uh, I would say he's probably going to give Coleman the start at right back. He's Agreed. still trying to work him back in, and to get more minutes. And then really, it's all usually the talk of the back line is who's who's playing. So um, roll the dice. I just realized I was doing like yeah. this to roll the dice, and then I realized that's not what that looks like. That's not <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Accidental <laughs> hand gestures. Sorry. Hey, guess more miscommunication between Americans and. <laughs> should have been. Should have been. Should have done the boggle dice. You know that little thing. The, yeah. That's what it really should have been. Yeah. And hey, I, you know, there we go. Oh, I missed that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, mean, I agree. Honestly, I agree but with all of that, actually, Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, we haven't played in what? It'll have been over 10 days. So you, everyone is fresh. Why not? But again, you have to think about the league match against Leicester. They're going to be maybe possibly co league leaders when we play yeah. them next week. It's a massive game. And so we have to be mindful of that. But even so, keeping that in mind, I still have to say Michael Keane is getting the start. He's maybe he's – he's probably playing arguably the best of anybody out on the pitch right now. He 
I, I, I would not start him. Uh, Mina is always the wild card. Is it going to be him or is it Holgate? And, um, or is it someone else? But, Godfrey. Or Godfrey. That's right. And honestly, like, the same thing with Godfrey is I like him so much that I would rather hold him out and, and keep, him, keep him fresh for Leicester next week because he was uh-huh. he's been so massive for us. Um, so, I mean, or you see what he could do is he could take Dean out, put Godfrey left back, then maybe mix in Holgate, Keane, and then Coleman. But, or the nice thing is, it's like with Godfrey, it's a Swiss Army knife. You can put him really anywhere uh, in that back line. And it's <laughs> well, you, you bring up something massive. interesting. I, 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 it occurred to me earlier, but I didn't really think about it. But now that I, now that I do, I mean, it could be a Godfrey at left back and Luca Dean on the left wing again scenario. Yeah. Could do the same thing. I thought it would sure. be a valuable opportunity to get Luca Dean minutes at left back to kind of get him worked back in to doing what he normally does, get him used to it, right? Because he's been great at attacking. Sure. It's just been, you know, the defending angle of being a left back again and getting back to it, getting used to it, that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think that's a point, dude. I think we could, I think he may prefer to start Godfrey at left back and. Uh, Luca Dean at left wing instead of something somebody like Anthony Gordon. Yeah, and then Gordon's another one we uh, we sometimes fail to mention is because some, he gets a little lost in the shuffle uh, mm-hmm. for as great of September he as he had in our cup matches. He yeah. uh, you know he's kind of I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's gone the way of Nkuku, but at the same time. You know, Carlo is clearly not comfortable starting him in too many matches, mm-hmm. especially giving him minutes. Yeah. But I think a match like this is just like when he played against uh, Rotherham. I thought it was uh, – it's valuable. It would be very interesting. I don't know how much tinkering Carlo's going to try to do here, but, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Godfrey and Gordon on the left or even putting Dean up in a, a – like a, a Pinar role like with Baines. And back in the day when that was just a lethal duo – yeah, and but you also have to be mindful, of course, that he is as crazy and as miraculous as Dean's recovery was from this injury he had. Um, still needs rest. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is a cup match against the championship side. Maybe if you're going to play him, play him maybe even like left center mid next to Godfrey or somebody, and have him kind of maybe trail a little bit. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. The, the nice thing now is that we have options, at yeah. least on that side. So, I don't know. I got a vibe that I don't know. I feel like Godfrey just goes up to Carlo and is like, "I'm going to start today. Is that cool?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carlo's like, "Bob, but that's fine." You know, he's just he's just like he's just so like, "Sure, that's cool." You know, whatever. <laughs> Well, well, okay. I can't, I can't do the eyebrow raise, but it's uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, you know, is it so? Is this is this a Tosin match, or is Tosin going to be going? Do we need to free Tosin up to leave? Yeah, I keep seeing the. I don't know how many Turkish clubs at this point have been like, oh yeah, we'll think about it. Maybe it, it's like. Sure, why not? Yeah. I think every single Turkish club at this point has been saying, has been linked with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, that's going to happen. I mean, his contract runs out, uh, some, I think it's this summer or next summer. 
and uh, yeah, he he'll he'll be going. So for me though, if DCL's healthy, get him back out there. He's had what three weeks now, I think, to get healthy. I, I think the other thing is DCL needed rest. I think he had trailed off a little bit in December. Uh, he was you know he had such a hot start to the season. I mean, he's still in the, what the top three in goal scorers mm-hmm. this year even though I don't think he scored in over a month. So, um, but if he's healthy, I, I, there's no justification not starting him and putting him up there. And I, but I would say maybe, you know, if you want to mix it up, either Hymas or, you know, Richarlison goes up top with him, maybe to mm-hmm. ease the burden a little bit. Yeah. And, you think but, we could or, see or another? Or at least in a much, yeah, behind him a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, do you think we could see another false nine situation like we did? You know, that's the point. Like now I have no idea what we're going to do. That's right. I mean, I I honestly can't tell. I could not even try to speculate on what is, what is going to happen Sunday in terms of our lineup. I have no idea who's healthy. I mean, when he came out before that, this was the Rotherham match and said that, uh, well, we've got about five guys out. Like, Mm -hmm. when did this happen? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but Okay, so I thought I thought that because remember we all thought oh he's resting Calvert Lewin and mm-hmm. like well nope turns out he's actually hurt and it was just okay I mean what I'm worried about because you know this is the life of an Everton fan is that with all this time off and all the practicing that's been going on you know so who who picked up a knock this week in training is just <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know? oh no please please it's like I'm praying like please God don't let this happen again. Well, look, because you almost, it, it's always, it's always with us in training. Always somebody like, uh, picks up a knock in training. Oh God, what happened? <laughs> well, if uh, I will say one player that I feel pretty confident about saying this guy should start. Um, I think Mr. Uh, Mr. Omelet and beans himself. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I think old Iwo Bino, uh, I, I kind of feel like he's, he should be going ahead and be penciled in. Uh, he's he's got a hot streak going right now, uh, and I I would not take him out. He's he looks he's looked very strong. He's creating a lot of opportunities, um, and uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of excitement about a Wobi now, which is the opposite of the way it was about two or three months ago. Yeah, and you just it, if you want to have a lot of fun on Twitter, you just go 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 read the Arsenal fans in the in Everton's mentions whenever Iwobi yeah. is mentioned as Iwobinho or when he scores a goal. Yeah, because <laughs> it's yeah. it's something else, and they uh, especially because I, I I know if a couple of Arsenal fans here who are mm-hmm. laughing at us and for good reason a couple uh, a couple seasons ago when we desperately bought him at the last second for way mm-hmm. too much money. And, uh, but then, you know, I wouldn't say everything like roles have reversed, but now we're starting to see like the biggest knock on Iwobi from what I, from the Arsenal fans told me, he's like, he's a great, uh, he, he does a great job in the middle of the pitch, but he's a horrifyingly bad in the final third. Mm. And yeah, just, and, and we saw that we've, we've been seeing that for a while until just about two, three months ago. He was terrible at finishing, but you know if if he really has found his shooting boots, which obviously I mean that goal he scored last week was fantastic, 
it's a good good team goal, but he fin. I mean, he had to finish it. It was difficult, but it's a. Uh, I would say, yeah, he's he's basically found his role at Everton, and that's his spot to lose. If Wednesday is a tough nut to crack when it comes to their defense, because it looks when I'm looking at the results, they're not allowing a lot of goals now. So my guess mm-hmm. is they pack it back like we were talking about, right? Yeah. You need someone to unlock. And not all of the unlocking happens with by crossing it out and having people, you know, head in opportunities. You need someone who's going to get some penetration. And he is one of our best players on the dribble cracking into a defense. Like he's incredibly skilled. And mm-hmm. that's a – he is beginning to show that. Uh, as far as the, the quality, and he's creating chances. It's not even just the ones where he's scoring. He's creating other opportunities too. He's, he's become like he's, – he's starting to play a little more of that number 10 role from the wing, which mm-hmm. is what he's best at. He's not right. your typical go down, cross from the inline type of guy. It's just not what he normally does. So – it's cool. He's starting to embrace it. I, I feel like it's a Carlo man management thing. I think that he's helping to tap into who Iwobi wants to be, and he's expressing himself. Really cool, you know? No, it, it's exactly what I think everyone uh, initially thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know, he, he hasn't found his role. But look, this is why, you know, and I still pinch myself that we have Carlo as our manager. I know. Because this is it, – it's – it's one of those things where, you know, Carlo is the first manager we've had in a very long time that that will manage in-game and will literally make in-game adjustments, at yes. least visible to everybody. Yeah. When everybody's literally screaming at their television, move him over here. Like, that's exactly what happens. Or it's like, or it's like why is he on this side of the pitch? And then all of a sudden he's on the other side. And, mm. and <laughs> so it's uh, – uh, but it's – he Carlo understands like he's I still would say like Carlos he's been on the job a little over a year but he's figuring out all of his players at this point uh what their tendencies are what they're good at and I think he's really starting to find the right core to be on that pitch all the time and now it's just a matter of kind of filling in some of the gaps that we have that are still there but it's we're getting closer for sure we're we're very very close to being one of the great teams in the league I think that are consistently great. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So Cameron prediction, uh, FA cup prediction against Wednesday. Ooh, what are we, what are we predicting? Um, based on everything just said, I would say, I think that, I think we're, I think you're right. Wednesday is going to try to feel out the game a little bit, see if they can attack. And then, but I think Everton is really going to go full bore and they're going to have to be on their, they're going to put them on their heels. And I think eventually they're going to try to settle in and basically play out from the back. I think a fresh Everton who will have not played for almost two weeks, I think they're going to be, it'll almost be like a new season for them. And it's going to be uh, refreshed, ready to go. I, I'm going to say, just to be conservative, I'm going to say 2 2 0. To, to Everton for the win. Me too. All right. Me too. I think we did that last time. We we picked that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm saying uh, two nil. I, games against championship sides are not easy. I'm just gonna say it. No. And I I, I want to make sure that it's not like our 
it's it's not the easiest thing to be able to uh, catch uh, a lot of uh, games of uh, championship soccer uh, in America, championship football in America. Uh, right. I don't get to watch a lot of games, you know, because I, for me, it's like in my family, uh, we we watch a lot of matches, but it's usually, you know, games we recorded on, on uh, you know, on YouTube TV, you know, um, right. and or maybe it's Bundesliga, or maybe it's Syria. We don't get to watch of championship football. Um, but I, so, it, it, you know, our, you know, I will say mine and Cameron's lack of knowledge about Sheffield Wednesday may be misconstrued as some sort of disrespect. Not really the case. I think if anything, we are pretty friggin' cautious about this game because it's very easily a banana peel, uh, you know, for, for us. Uh, We've had this kind of thing go wrong before for us. Uh, You don't have to remind me about how many times we've tripped up against championship sides in this this uh, tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, I don't want to bring PTSD to Everton fans, but Millwall two years ago. And um, then my, the, the one that we actually, that nobody speaks about anymore. And one that I will never, ever forget for the wrong reasons was Wigan uh, 2013. (laughs) So I just need to say those two, those two games, I don't. uh, And in fact, I like doing this because it's kind of a therapy session, but yeah, Wigan, Wigan at least won the tournament that year. And it was so at least there was that. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, there was that's the only thing I can say about that match because I that is that was like four or five years into my rooting for Everton that I really was questioning what I was up to at that time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> no, it's funny. Like whenever my kid uh my kid is like a very um obsessive about checking the different league tables and he will literally read out he's eight so he like reads out mm-hmm. the names of all the teams and the tables and what place they're in and everything and whenever he gets to Millwall he gets so pissed off man because <laughs> he still remembers that and he's still so angry about it and he's eight it's beautiful the oh. anger the anger is is beautiful but it's just it, it reminds me every time and so I'm like I'm like good you share that with me that's great but that was a shitty yes. time, man. Oh, that was a shitty time. That was, oh, that's still me. That's that's one of the top five angriest matches ever for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I, I felt like throwing a lot of stuff in my living room watching games. That right there, that was a heavy, mm. heavy temptation day on that one. Uh, so anyway, yeah. we are uh, we're predicting two nil wins. Both of us are. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so let's move on. Uh, time to move on to the mailbag. That's my transitional. Uh, so we have a decent chunk of questions to answer. The first one uh, from a familiar face, familiar name, somebody I miss doing shows with. All right. When I was doing all the Toffee Blue shows, I was able to talk to all these guys all the time. And now that I now that I have a day job, you know, I, I don't get to record with the English guys nearly as much. And it's such a bummer. Because because uh, I miss them too, you know. I'm in this cool world where I get to meet all these awesome American fans now, uh, so it comes with positives. But I miss people like this. So this is Terry uh, Terry McAllister who does Toffee Blues content, and he's got a great question, Cameron. 
sure. what's funny is that he asked the same question in like the little toppy blues chat you know and then mm. then he posted it here and i was like okay good because i think this is a good conversation but he said if offers came in for tosin and bernard this month but they couldn't be replaced until the summer would you do it and just hold your breath or would you not want to take that chance given what's on the table this season? And I got to be honest, it's sort of a holy crap question for me because I feel really comfortable arguing both sides. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the way I'm going to do, way I'm going to answer that is I'm going to split the difference and I'm going to say oh. yes for the no, no for the other. And you might be surprised at my yes and no. Um, okay. I said this. There was, I think, it was actually during the Robert match. I think that there was an there's there was a rumor there's an offer on the table from Roma for a swap for Robin Olson for Bernard. Um, and I said at the time, and I think it was because Bernard was having a, a rough game, right. and Olson was doing fine. And I said, just get a Zoom meeting and get that contract signed, get that swap done. Yeah. Um, I I think personally at this moment right now, and I think. Uh, Royal Blue Mersey, among others, has been talking about, we are really shallow right now at striker. And I was a little surprised that they let Ellis Sims go out on loan because he's our U23 striker. If, if we lose Calvert-Lewin for a significant period of time, we all we have as a true striker behind him is Chank. So I'm more saying right now I would keep Chank and hold my breath purely for the reason that we don't have anybody else at, right now, especially if they're saying they're not going out and getting anybody and they don't have Ellis Sims now. So uh, you basically are left with Jake. You have to ha basically keep him at least until the summer. You'll probably get a better, maybe you'll get a better money offer for him anyway in the summer. Uh, but I would be more inclined to sell Bernard, uh, especially if they can get good pricing for him because Another another issue with Bernard is his wages. His wage bill is outrageous. It's something like a hundred thousand or a hundred ten thousand a week. Because and, we got him on a free. Yeah, so exactly. We got a little higher. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they were willing to part with him, and it was. Um, but I mean, I I love Bernard's work rate. I I, I always he, he makes me smile when I watch him play because he's yeah. just running all over the place that he's he obviously I mean he works so hard out there to you know he's he's always at a disadvantage with his size but at the same time you know when he has good games they're really good games and uh, the problem is I just he hasn't been as consistent as he has been in the past and I think if they are if they're willing if Roma's willing to take him and swap us Olsen in the process, if that offer is on the table, I'd do it now and then I keep checking until summer. Well, the most recent rumor for Bernard is uh, there's a uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember what the name of the team is. is it a team from Dubai who's interested oh. in him. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and and the money looks, you know, pretty good. Or, uh, you know, it's it's a decent if, – if it's true, you never know with this kind of stuff. Um, and they right. may have – it may be true, and they've leaked it just to kind of potentially put a little put a little pressure on. Never know how this stuff works. Um, uh, I, always, I, I, I like Bernard a lot. I feel like he offers something different, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Jink Tosin's a player I've always, you know, but I, I felt like he doesn't have the same speed and mobility as he did before his injury. Right. Um, and I didn't think he was that fast or mobile before the injury. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So uh, having said that, right now a striker, here are our striker op- options. We've got Jink Tosin, got DCL, we got Richarlison, and then we have that bizarre, weird formation that when we did the false nine, where we weren't really starting a normal striker, right? Right, um, exactly. So Jink Tosin goes out, it's DCL and Richarlison are running a false nine the whole rest of the season. That is yeah. a risk. That is a big old risk. Now, here's the thing. The way I'm trying to re- – there's a picture of the guy. There's a guy back there. I don't know if you see him. His name's uh, Marcel Bronze. Um, ah, yes. That guy. Yeah, it's not my children. Not the, not the five-year-old or the eight-year-old. Yeah, not those guys. <laughs> but <laughs> they run a very different type of club. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but – um, Here's the thing. If Everton sells Jink Tosin and Bernard, I have to believe there's a plan. We sent Ellis Sims out on loan because, frankly, they don't think he's ready. You know? Right. He can't be ready. He, he's had plenty of opportunities in some of these, like, care about cup matches where you think he's going to mm-hmm. get a chance, and he never did. They never really thought – it's almost like they felt like just being on the bench was experience enough because he's not quite there, you know? So who is there? Well, Jink Tosin, you know, he's still able to score the occasional goal if it's put his way in the box. Can he create his own shot? Well, that's that's debatable, you know? Richarlison can if he's playing striker. Right. You know? But – if Marcel Bronze and Carlo feel comfortable letting those guys go, I got to think there's a plan, man. I got to think there's yeah. some kind of plan. And I, I, it's, it's one of those things where Terry's asking for our opinions, and I don't think he wants me to go, I trust those guys. You know, I feel like he'll probably say, you're right. copping out, Jerry. You know, what are you doing? Um, I would be willing to hold my breath if we sell them. I would be. Okay, I would be. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, here's the deal. Um, a lot is at stake this season. Very few things have to go right for us to get top four. You know, we're fully in the hunt. You yep. know, I do see value in Bernard for our squad. I do see value in Jink Tosin in our squad. They do, they do have a role. Do I feel like it would be ideal if we, would I want to replace them if they left? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I am of a mind right now. I don't think they're going. I think Bernard has a higher chance of going than Jake Tosin right now because of the depth of the position. Yeah. I you know? agree. That's, um, I, you know, to be honest, I, I, I'm totally with you, and I I don't want to cop out either. If if they if they sell them both, fine. I I will trust that there is some plan down the road, or you know, some finding somebody either in, you know in somewhere in the depth to help us get into the top four that's mm-hmm. going to step up. 
Um, something that does trouble me a little bit, and it's not something Brands has a lot of control over, Bronx, uh, is, <laughs> is, our, is the fact that, and there's been articles about it, our academy is not nearly what it once was. Right. Now, Bronze has been there now, I guess, three or four years. He's trying to help build it back up. And, but it is not nearly where it was once was. And I am, and you brought up something about Ellis Sims that is absolutely true. They have given him so many opportunities to break through into this, uh, into the senior squad, and it hasn't happened. He's basically, or he's basically now stuck in purgatory, which is the U23s. And if he doesn't have a good loan spell here at Blackpool, that is, it's going to be a real, real issue for him moving forward. And this is, we've seen, I've, we've seen it way too many times in the last five, six years. Guys just, we think they're going to be good. They, we put them, give them a shot to play in a senior league side for a match, and then they stink up the joint, and then they they go back down to the U23s, and then they get sold. And mm-hmm. so it's, uh, I remember, I mean, I would long to have the days back where, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, who's it, Southampton's side, like academy. I mean, mm-hmm. they're basically, they're the so gold good. standard as well. And they've been for a while now. Um, and that's another area that really needs improving. But, you know, Brett, Bronze's specialty right now is obviously going and finding these guys that a lot of people have not heard of and, you know, turning them in and then they come in and they mm-hmm. you know, they become superstars. Latest is like, I mean, I, I, I didn't really pay attention to Norwich, but like then Ben Goffrey gets signed and I immediately thought, hmm, they, they spent, you know, 27 million on him. He must be pretty good. Yeah. Turns out he's a little bit better than pretty good. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's, that goes, but that goes back to like what you're saying is that there's always a plan, it seems, with these guys, Bronze and uh, Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. So if they end up selling uh, Bernard and Jank, uh, you know, I'd be, a little upset about Bernard leaving, but uh, I would say, okay, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, uh, it's it's not an easy question, uh, Terry. I knew I knew it was going to be a tough one. I knew we were going to squirm. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't – if I have to answer that one way or the other, I if it has to be one way or the other, I don't want to sell them. I'll just say okay. it. I don't want to sell them just because I do think there's something on the table this season. Uh, I don't know if it's a title, but I do think top four is still possible, even though we're super thin. But you know what? Carlos is starting to fill weird holes with weird solutions, and sometimes they make a weird bit of sense. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to sell them yet, you know. Um, plus, one, one other thing about Carlo that I've noticed, he makes players that were struggling and helps them to find their best form. He's doing it with a ton of people. Oh, maybe he doesn't. I remember. No, oh, I remember people wanting Michael Keane to be sold, not that oh, long yeah. ago, and uh, all of a sudden he's now one of the best players. Yeah, I gave I gave Keane a lot of flack because he seemed so fragile, you know. And he's the opposite of that now. He's an absolute, you know. He's so consistent yeah. now. I, I honestly, I would watch. I, 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 I it would be fun to put together, uh, like a montage of passes, Michael Keane passes, splitting the lines. That would be beautiful. He totally deserves it. Just saying. Um, He does. I mean, Chank doesn't score against Rotherham without him. So it's, 
I mean, that's another, that's an air, that's one of those many areas where he's just, it's amazing the night and day with him finding, yeah. finding forward, forward players, like, and just catching him in stride. Oh yeah. It's so, it's, oh, it's beautiful. When my eight year old goes, Oh, what a ball. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> from a center back. That's awesome. You know? <laughs> so yeah, big, big Michael Keane fan these days. I've been saying it since I think the first game we had this season. Um, yeah. So next question, this one is sort of mean. I'm going to say it. It's sort of mean. Okay. But it's, would you have hair like Jank for a year if it meant we'd finish top four? <laughs> sort top of four? I, I'll just go ahead and say it. Yes, I would do it okay. as long as I knew. It would be a short-lived thing. I absolutely would do it. Top four is worth it to me. And my, I, 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 I got to hope my wife loves me for my personality as well. <laughs> yeah, you're in a much bigger predicament than I am with that. Because at least as a single guy, I could, might be able to explain myself. <laughs> but, but I would also, I would, I would try and get people at uh, QCBC to do the same thing just because it would be either that or I, I would say, well, you know what? It's 80 degrees out. I don't care. I'm still wearing a, a beanie. <laughs> but I bet, I, I'm guessing one of the caveats is I'm not allowed to do that. And, yes, uh, but and it would be, I think. I think. Yeah, I think top four, yeah, I probably would. I mean, I haven't experienced, see, top four? No, we come close. Like. Mm -hmm actually watching uh, the re uh, the Villa match that they put on the put on YouTube was it this past weekend the one in 13 14 when we finished yeah. it so so that was that was a fun time but that's like getting me to remember those good old days when we were consistently good and top four I mean I what I would give to see this club back in Europe and mm -hmm. the Champions League not Europa Europa would be fine but yeah well it's funny my my kid was like I really want us to go to Europa League I was just like, well, why not Champions League? And he was like, he'd have won, but I like Europa. I guess it's because there's so many teams from so many different places. He finds that fascinating. So, you know, oh, I'll take it, by the way. Just, I would absolutely never knew, oh. never knew those cities existed. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like arms. I think Roger Bennett once said it. I think when we went back to Europa, was it 14, 15 season? He's like, it's like the havens for uh, the arms dealers and the drug traffickers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. There was like one place. I think it was like Krasnodar was, I think. And it was oh. just like, where, where is this place? <laughs> like, you, you go to Krasnodar to, to draw. I feel like we went there to try to draw with them because it was so hard to beat at that place. I remember they oh like a God. wall. Jeez. Yeah, that's um, right. So, uh, oh, and one, one other thing that occurred to me, if we make top four, it may necessitate Jink actually playing, serving a role and playing well. So it could be like an homage to a player who's contributing at that point. So then. There you go. There you go. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Just wait, just wait, uh, Jerry. Just, just wait in May when he scores the goal to send us into the Champions League in the top four in the last day of the season. <laughs> hey, I, 
I'm hoping this isn't contractually binding. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, don't hold us to this, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's just, question. Yeah. I'm just going to say, by the way, that question, by the way, was someone named Reptilian Space Pope. So I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, that may be one of the best uh, Reddit names I've ever seen. <laughs> so That'll work. Don't, yeah. Please don't take me to. Uh, the reptilian space Vatican and make me uh, swear yeah. by anything. All right. <laughs> Convert me to your religion if we, uh, if we have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so next question, which is another good one. Uh, Dina scream or Dean scream. Hey. Uh, hey. Say everyone is back fit. Who's your ideal center back pairing? Uh, I think we, well, we tried to address it, but it's, is he talking about Sunday or just in general? Just in general. Ideal center back, oh, oh. period. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man. God, that's tough. You know, on his day, when Mina's, when Mina's on, he's on. And him and Dean are, like, unstoppable back there. I, the problem is, for me, oh, when you include people like Godfrey and uh, Holgate, you really – you've got – we've got – we've turned what was a real weakness – of this team into a, one of the biggest straights. Yes. And it's great. And it's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love this question because it's a good problem. Mm -hmm. um, Keen is definitely there for sure. And oh, I, at this point, at this point in time, I would pay Keenan Godfrey in the center because Godfrey is arguably week in, week out our best player mm -hmm. when he's on the pitch. Uh, I like him, obviously, also at left back as well, but he's a uh, – and he can play right as well. But I think that the way his style of play he suits him mm -hmm. to be in the center. Yeah. And I think he's a little more consistent right now than Yeri is, even though I love Yeri on his best days because he's unstoppable. But like I said, at, I would say ideally I'll put Keen and Godfrey together right okay. now. I like the Keen-Mina pairing right now. I like the consistency of them. Like personally, I wouldn't start Mina this weekend because I feel he's too injury prone and I'd like to keep him yeah. healthy for uh, league games uh, because I do feel like, like you said, it's a strength and we can start Holgate. We can start Godfrey. Heck, we can start Holgate and Godfrey and feel like sure. pretty strong. And I'd be know? okay with it. <laughs> yeah. See, but the thing is like, I feel like right now our starting back line, Holgate, Mina, Keen, and uh, Godfrey. That's my starting back line at the moment. Uh, and that's and so that's why, I like, for me, uh, I feel like consistency. Uh, Gary Mina has started uh, – he's been really consistent lately. He's not made nearly as many of those silly brain farts where he, he goes forward too quickly, you know, leaves the man, uh, makes a silly pass. There's none of that right now. Um, mm -hmm. I feel a lot more comfortable and, uh, I, and I want to, I want to make sure I, I say this, uh, I am fully comfortable count, starting either Holgate or Godfrey in any league game ever, period, period. Yep. And that's, you're right. It's an awesome question and it's an awesome position to be in. It's like, I mean, it reminds me like when they talk about, okay, American football analogy, are you ready? Uh, you know, yeah. when, when, when you're rebuilding a team, you start from the inside out, you know, start with the O-line, 
O-line, D-line, start from the inside, the big people at the center, at the foundation, and build outward. And I feel like starting with center backs is a great place to go. Make sure you've got depth at the center back position and then build outward and go. So that's our position of the greatest depth. And that's amazing. It's exact, that's exactly what you want to do. So yeah, I feel exactly. good. Whoa. Great. Very cool question. He can, yeah, I, I agree. I just, my final thought, he, Carlo at this point can literally start any one of the, like any one of those four people at any one of those positions. Cause they're all, they all can play all four mm. uh, back there. And so, and like you said, if, if for on Sunday we go with like Godfrey, uh, Holgate, Mina, Mm-hmm. And Keen, in some way, shape, or form, it's fine. Like yeah. that, really? That that, that uh, that's fine with me. So, loyal supporter, like that, on Reddit right. has asked uh, a question that we have sort of answered, but maybe not specifically. We had to give a quick, quick attention to it. Um, there are three, there there are four questions here by loyal supporter. The first one, let's be fast. Who do you think will start against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup fourth round? And will DC, DCL and Allen or Alan be fit in time for that or the Leicester match? I genuinely have no idea about – I don't think Alan's going to be ready for either one. I think very good chance of DCL being fit, though. Yeah. He did – Carlo didn't seem too concerned about DCL. Uh, it was right. more, I think – I think a lot of it was, okay, he has a hamstring injury, but I think the hamstring injuries resulted from all the playing time he's had. And it's more, I think he's, I think he's basically rewarding him for how many great months he's had consistently and saying, all right, you get January off essentially. And (laughs) (laughs) and like, we're going to say it's a hammy. I know you want to play, but we need you for this stretch run. So uh, I think, I think DCL is going to be ready Sunday. I think he starts. Alan was, uh, Alan's man, hammy and hammy injuries are just tough. Yeah. Just especially tough, his like was, really bad ones. His was yeah. pretty severe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he literally, you saw him pull up, and he basically said, I can't even walk and told the medical staff, like, I, I'm going to fall down because it's so painful. Yeah. Uh, that you just knew, it's like, that's a month at least. It's probably yeah. more. Yeah, and, that's what I was thinking. Uh, and we all know, with uh, with the rare exceptions of, like, Dean, for instance, when, when Everton have bad injuries, they have bad injuries. And mm. uh, I would say Alan, Alan is probably, we're looking at, I would, looking at the schedule in front of me, we've got a bear of a February. I mean, it's rough. Three mm. away matches, I think, in the month, maybe four. And I'm praying he's ready for, I think, February 8th against uh, United. That's what mm. I would say. I would hope he'd be ready for that one. Uh, but that would yeah. probably be where a good realistic target. I think that's realistic as well. Uh, I will I'll agree. I'll just echo all of that. Who do you think is going to start about against Sheffield? Uh, Pickford or Olsen? I, I with you, I think Olsen starts. Okay. Uh, right back Coleman, we said. Um, yeah, I think Coleman. But again, this is the line. This is the part of the field. We have no clue. And I'd be fine with anybody. So, Let's just give guesses. Uh, Coleman, um, and we, we, we both think Keane will start. Who do we think is pairing with Keane? Do we think it's going to be Godfrey, or do we feel like it's, it's going to be Holgate? Oh, man, cup match. I feel like, you know, Holgate, Holgate's gotten some playing time lately, but I, I, 
he, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do something along the lines of he's going to put maybe Holgate and then Godfrey out on the left. Okay. Maybe keep Dean, keep Dean fresh for uh, Lester. I think after talking to you and talking it out, I feel like it's going to be Godfrey on the left uh, and it's going to be Luca Dean uh, on the left wing uh, just because uh, of his ability to create chances. Um, he just, he, oh my gosh, his chance creation is absurd. So I, I, I could easily see that happening. Your good point about him resting. Uh, I could see that happening too. Um, in the middle, we talked to Corey uh and uh either andre gomez or tom davies um let's just pick one gomez andre gomez okay i agree and uh in the middle we could see james on the right evil Bino. uh on the left either luca dean or um anthony gordon probably or could see richarlison yeah i i was leaning toward richarlison because again another guy working his way back Mm -hmm. uh, has had plenty of time now to rest, maybe get him some minutes at least. Mm -hmm. Although, again, we, it's a guy we need. He plays well against Leicester. Uh, we need him desperately for that match. Yeah. Uh, could see – I think it might be a good spot for Gordon here, um, just with Richarlison coming off the bench to relieve him, you know. Uh, probably I'd see Gordon maybe going like 70 minutes, and then if they need Richarlison later, then they can pull him. But, again, I, it's a position of – where we have options, which I, mm -hmm. which is nice. So, I'm going to be bold, crazy even, and I'm going to say uh, Luca Dean on the left, and I'm going to say Richarlison playing striker, oddly enough. Hmm. Uh, yeah, just because he has – Carlo has listed Richarlison as our possible strikers coming off the bench in the past. So sure. apparently he does still consider him one of those. It, I don't know how likely it is because he hasn't been doing that at all lately. But, you know, I'm just being bold and weird. So, yeah. We, again, we have no clue. We didn't know. Yeah. We, you, couldn't, you could have given me a thousand guesses for the uh, lineup he put out against Wolves. I would never have guessed it. Never, ever, <laughs> ever. Never. Not at all. Um, yeah. And, but, we, but we're trying to make sure we give uh, – yeah, I mean, Cameron's totally right. We're going to be wrong. It'd be crazy if we're right. But, uh, but we want to make sure we give these questions adequate uh, thought. Uh, the, the next question is uh, JPG, Gabamin. If he's available for selection, will he even have an opportunity? I think yes. We talked about it earlier. So, yeah. Don't you think so? Don't you think he'd get an opportunity? I agree. I agree. Uh, if, we follow, if he follows, you know, historically what Carlo normally does with guys who've been out for a long period – uh, may not necessarily start, but I think he gets on the bench if he's healthy. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think he gets in the game. I just don't think we have a lot of players of his profile. You know what I mean? No. It's not a lot to, with his skill set. Yeah. No. Uh, by the way, Loyal Supporter asks a lot of good questions, so I'm trying to get through these quickly. Third question, with Ellis and Jared going on loan, how do you think they will do? Well, I think Branthwaite's already doing great. Um <laughs> I mean, and, I feel like all of us thought he would. Yeah, and we knew very early on when we got him last year that he is a, he's a special talent out at center back. Mm -hmm. And he, he's clearly got a bright future. And Carlos just giving, just needs, just wanted to give him some time because mm -hmm. we have, 
he, Jared is basically, he's stuck a little bit right now because, again, we just mentioned how stacked we are at that position. Yeah. His and injury was unfortunately timed. What do you do? Very unfortunate, and especially given the game that he was playing in. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was too bad. But as you saw, I mean, if, if anyone's – if you monitored any social media after Blackburn's first game where he started, everyone said he was um, – by a mile, he was their best player. And Which so, is cool. That's yeah. great to hear. And they're already, they're already trying to get Blackburn to buy him. So. <laughs> I have fewer worries about Branthwaite than I do about Ellis Sims because Branthwaite has played in the Premier League before, and he's mm -hmm. done quite well. He's been with the first team for, uh, you know – He's been playing with the first team. He had, he's had more first, way more first team minutes because Ellis Sims is none. Uh, I Ellis Sims has experienced, you know, U23s. Um, and I think it's tougher. I think it's a tougher transition. Uh, I worry more about Ellis Sims. Just, and it has nothing on him. I don't really judge the fact that he's gone out on loan. I actually feel like going out on loan is kind of a, a vote of confidence for him. I think they're saying, yep. hey – we want you to be in the first team, go play for Blackpool, play at a lower league, show that you can do it consistently, and let's talk. Let's talk when you get back and show, show that you're not going to get hurt. Show that you, can, that you can handle the physicality and still produce. That's the thing. A lot of these guys go out on loan, and they look great for a hot second, and then the grind wears them down, and they end up injured. It, it's almost every time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, these young young kids, it's just it's just the way it is a lot of times. Inconsistency as well. Maybe they're not hurt. Maybe they just find a rough patch of form and ment the mentality gets affected. It's yeah, tough. It, it's tough, and it, a lot of it also has to do with where they end up. What which team which team is willing to mm -hmm. take them out on loan? Good Jared point. is with a team in Blackburn who is you know they historically a very uh, a strong team that yeah. used to be I mean obviously they've won the league 25 years ago and you know they've fallen on some hard times but they're still a championship side that is that competes week in and week out and yeah. so he's got a lot of motivation there and they uh, obviously are, it's a good foundation you know Ellis has also gone to us has gone to a squad in Blackpool that you know they fell on really hard times about a decade ago and haven't quite recovered I think they're in league one and they're uh, toward the bottom of that table. Mm -hmm. So I, I think a lot of that's going to have – he's going to have to, first of all, break in to that squad. And then also, you know, the culture down there, I, I don't know too much about Blackpool other than they've had rough, a rough patch for a long time now. Yeah. Like if they've got a mentality down there that, you know, kind of shrug your shoulders and move on type, type deal, like that's, that could affect him as well. Yeah, so. it could. Yeah, it's – it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a, a character test for sure. Um, it's tough. I w like, so yeah, I think we both feel really confident about Branthwaite and with Ellis Sims, it being uh, alone for him uh, with not having much experience on a first team. That's not U23s. Uh, Got to say, I worry more about him. Nothing on, nothing on him uh, and his character. It's just tougher. I think it's tougher what he's going through with, much his less experience. Um, and the fourth question from loyal supporter. Uh, this is kind of a popular question, so let's nail this one quickly. Uh, where do you think we'll need improvement if we were to buy in the transfer window? I think we need way fewer options. Initially, I was like, oh, we need a right back. 
Well, right now, our back line looks good. I don't think we spend money on a right back right now. No. You know what I mean? Not right I now. I don't no. think we need to. Uh, it, I feel really comfortable in, in the Honestly. options that are provided with us right now. Um, I, would, I would say I, I think both of us would feel more comfortable with a backup striker. Big time. But uh, <clears throat> anything else? Uh, you know, there's – we, we have to – we still have to tinker a little bit in the central midfield. Um, it, it's – there's uh, – obviously we – again, options are there. We can mm -hmm. we can slide people into positions at like the number ten. Hymas is of course a natural ten. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, it's there's going to be a question about Davies and Andre Gomez probably moving forward. Uh, but I, I but I kind of like as the more I think about it, I like Gilpie in terms of his depth, in terms of providing cover as a deputy behind Hymas, mm -hmm. and especially you know if you have Hymas on the pitch, as we saw early on, Gilpie really likes playing with him. They seem to have a very good chemistry. Like that yeah. amazing, that amazing goal they scored from the corner. Um, mm -hmm. Forget what it was, but you remember it was a very quick play that yeah. was run, and it was, you know, they clearly are on the same wavelength. And I wouldn't really want to break them up, um, right. but there, there's still some work that needs to be done with some of the guys in that midfield. And I'm not certain in terms of buying, but maybe just selling at least one of them, just mm -hmm. because I think there's there's some wage bills that are need to be uh, taken care of but overall I mean I think you're right I can't th I think Olsen has kind of calmed me down in terms of the keeper position agreed and because we were talking about that the last time and I was thinking we need to buy a keeper and mm -hmm. <clears throat> but now I'm not really th saying that anymore but yes the striker position needs to be shored up we need to have to, uh, Calvert-Lewin cannot continuously go play 90 minutes every single match yeah so. Yeah, I'm definitely singing a different tune about our depth at the moment just because, I mean, honestly, prices are high right now. January is an awful time to buy. Yeah. I would prefer a loan, but the thing is, everybody else ups their prices. They don't want you to – and a lot of the teams that have all the depth also have the ability to be like, oh, you know what? You want that player? Oh, we'll buy them for more than you normally would, or we'll just put them on the bench and they'll never play for us, Sergio Romero. Yeah. Example, you know. There you go. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, <coughs> next question. There are two two left uh, from Giacomo eighty uh, seven. Considering we're in our first first full season under Carlo, is it more important to get the best results possible regardless of how we do it, or to see a clear pattern of play developing? Ooh, it's very in depth questions. Hmm. Um. I think we, we kind of, I think we touched on this. It was a similar type question. Would you rather, it was more of kind of like along the lines of what would you rather see? Like you want us to win the league or do you want us to just win a trophy? Yeah. And um, I was happy with the trophy. You said the league. I'm kind of at the point now where I'm changing my tune. Uh, to answer his question, I think may by any means possible uh, go out and win the league. And, you know, at least get top four. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't really – at this point, it looks like because the way Carlo's managing this squad, based, especially based on 
the Wolves match, he is going by any means possible. He's going to try to win this. Well, see, that's the funny thing. I actually feel like what it is, he's developing a pattern of play Mm -hmm. by being really flexible. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, oh, well, you know what? We, we, we don't have a, the right striker combination. So guess what? We're going to do a false nine. What do you think about that? How are you yep. going to fin that? You didn't see that coming. Cool. You know? And I feel like that is the weird pattern of play. You know? Yeah. Think about all the formations we've run this season. We've done a bunch of weird stuff. We have uh, – right, earlier I told you, I was thinking we need a right back. And then all of a sudden Holgate goes in. We change the role, and Godfrey plays left back, who did not think that would work. (laughs) I was like, this is ridiculous. He's not left-footed. But who knew we were going to create something, do something different with the players in front of him and uh, change the roles. So, yeah, uh, Godfrey still gets forward, but is he crossing left-footed? No, but he doesn't need to. Not with what he's trying to do, not with what he's asked to do. He's, the roles are being redefined and fitted to our to our team. So the pattern of play to me is flexible football and winning. It's and and getting results, um, being able to defend well and hold on to a one goal lead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's I that's mean, a wonderful thing. It is. I mean, he's this lovable mad scientist in his lab, just coming up with these. <laughs> these these uh new schemes and he's basically saying i'm hey i manage you don't and i've been doing this for 20 30 years you haven't so why don't you trust me on this one and you know we've when i i didn't really follow football too much uh about 20 25 years ago but when i did you know a lot of the team that was always on was ac milan Mm. milan and especially when Carlo was managing them. But that's just, it's kind of like, you know, he had a lot of great players at his disposal. But, mm-hmm. but he also, I mean, they were winning the league because they were just much more innovative than everybody else. I mean, he was getting the most out of every single player mm-hmm. that he had at his disposal. So, and they, I mean, that was Milan's heyday. Like, they, they still, I mean, I don't know, they might have a statue of him out front at the San Siro, but he's – they should because I mean Milan fans still talk glowingly about him even mm. two decades later because of just how incredible a manager he was for them and it's, I think that's everywhere he goes yeah. Chelsea fans the Napoli fans same thing um that's true actually I definitely talk to Napoli fans as well yeah yeah that's very true um I I personally feel like we've had style before style that has not resulted in results so personally i am going to say there's two ways to take this question if you look at our patterns of play i do think defensively we're stout defensively and we defend hard every single game we're tough to score on now tougher to score on now than we used to be right so there's that way of looking at it right um I think the results are more important, personally. Uh, I think what Carlo is doing is he's got us playing a lot of different kinds of football. And it's not maybe it's not really like you put your finger on it and say, that's what they're doing. They're doing this. It is a very, you know, solving problems based on what you have type of a scenario. 
That's what you do. That's, I feel like that's the type of coach he is. He doesn't go into a place and say, this is my style. What he does is he looks at what's there already and tweaks it and tries to make it better and tries to make the players the best they possibly can be. That's what Carlo does, right? Yeah. It's not like a clop where it comes in and goes, this is my style. You will all bow before me. You know, it's nothing like that. <laughs> it's, not what, it's, not what, it's not what Carlo does, you know? Carlo's not an all bow before me kind of guy. He's a, hey, I see what you were doing before. I think we can do it like this too. We can do it better. Let's go, you know? And so, yeah. So I'm more, I'm more focused on the results because I think results are actually tougher to come by than developing a style, personally. Yeah, and I think it's no coincidence that literally every player who has played for Carlo has nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah. And it's why we get guys like Allen and Hymas absolutely to come, play, to come play for us because it's like, oh, Carlo's here because mm-hmm. he hones their game to what they're used, what they're able to do. And, you know, I you have you have like Carlo and then the complete anti-Carlo, which we went through with Ronald Koeman, and yep. he was the guy who was an authoritarian who said, "I know all." all there is to know about this game and you're going to conform to how I'm doing, how I'm running things. And that's why we get Dominic Calvert-Lewin at right wing back. And somehow we won that game. (laughs) That was the Stoke match, the Rooney Rooney match when he's his first game, but uh, the either way, but that's when you have guys out of position, but not for a good thing. It's because he has no, he doesn't know where to, he thinks they can play at that, at that spot, even though they don't want to and they can't. And but he does it anyway, and whereas like square peg round hole. But here it's not so much that it's Carlos saying, "Well, I think you can play here because I see like the way that you do play." And you know, with Awobi is a great example. Awobi he knows is much better centralized, mm-hmm. um, and so he says, "Well, let's fine tune this system so that you can run inwards, you know, yeah. from the cut in from the right wing, so that and then." lo and behold hey he actually has shooting boots <laughs> yeah and it's just i feel like it's a preparation thing too it's he's saying yeah. okay well you may be a little closer to a square peg in this round hole so we're gonna let's adapt a system around that to work it out you know so yeah yep. um anyway last question um this person is on reddit uh i am koopa where do you see Everton five years from now? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, Carlo has indicated I, he wants to be here for a long time. If, he, if Carlo is still here in five years, I will be just ecstatic that he is. Uh, I would say in five, in five years, at the rate he has turned this team around in just uh, 13 months, uh, I think Everton will consistently be uh, challenging top four in the next Agreed. within the next five years. I think that they will be chasing trophies in all the cup competitions. Uh, I, I see them. I I will be. I I don't know if it's a bold statement, but I think in the next five years, Everton's going to have finally added to their trophy case in some way, shape, or form. Whether yes. it's FA Cup or whether it's um, Europa League. Um, I don't know about champions winning Champions League in five years, although that'd be that's definitely a goal to have. 
yeah. that'd be great. Uh, but I could see, I think FA Cup is something that they should be striving for now. Mm. And in the next five years, I want, I think they will be challenging for the, to, to win the league. And I, I could see, I could see, I could see a league, a league title. Yeah, I, I think challenging top four is a good way of putting it because right now the amount of money that's going into these clubs, um, they're being run. A lot of them are being run really well and mm -hmm. they're accruing a lot of talent and they're, you know, they're, they're getting really consistent managers that want to stay there. It's not just they don't immediately want yeah. to bolt after, you know, they want to be there and stay there. So challenging top four, I think, is the respectful thing to say to, the, to a strong league. I like the way you word that. I think that's cool. Trophies are so hard to peg. I could see us winning, winning trophies in the next five years, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but and, and the only thing I feel really good about, this is crazy. I feel like this is crazy. I, I could see us winning the league once in the next five years. Just because the trajectory we're on, I don't think once we get a deeper squad – I don't think it's ridiculous to think that because we're this close now and we're not deep. We're not we're deep not, at no. all. We have a good manager. Uh, I think one of the, I think what you were talking about, I think it will help to start continuing to work on that Academy and make sure that they're, everyone's on the same, uh, the same mindset in terms of how they're, they're coaching and how they're developing the players. Uh, yeah, man, I, I could see, I could, I, I feel you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs here. But, yeah, man, I, I got to tell you, I, I could see once winning the league. I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to say with that development trajectory. So No, and we're, we're a league where it can't happen. Uh, yeah. You look at, look at Leicester, you know, five years ago. It, yep. it, it can't happen. And this is, you know, right now, Jerry, I know that you've got you've – got, uh, United's kind of is at the top of the league right now, but at the same time, this the top of the table is so bunched up. Yeah, if, if there's nuts. any a time, if there's ever a time for an upset to happen, it's this year. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if I still, I'm not gonna. I if people ask, do you think Everton can win the league? Sure, I could. We have we're eight points off top right now, but we have two games in hand yep. because we got to and we got to make those up. So, uh, I mean, we go out and we've. You know, we've already beaten Leicester. Uh, if we can get over the humps against the, the Manchester clubs and finally break the hoodoo against the neighbors, you know, that's <laughs> – I mean, that, again, it's the, it's the year to do it. So, Yeah, and consistently getting results against teams we should beat too. That's the other thing. I think that's exactly. one of the oh, things yeah. that, you know, continuing to get those, those three points where people look below us at the table and they say, oh, yeah, you guys should win this weekend, and then you do something stupid. You know what I mean? It's consistency, yeah, continuing to carve out that consistency. Yeah, it's, you know, what was, I'm not sure which match I was angrier after West Ham or Newcastle, but I think it might have been West Ham just because it was a home, yeah, home match. And, but Newcastle was very close. That's a great question, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the new, but the thing is, though, we are, we have those pickups every now and then but not nearly as often as we used to. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that, that will hopefully kind of pave over mm -hmm. in time and start being more consistent. Cause we're also seeing these clubs above us right now, dropping points to clubs that they don't have any business doing. They are. The losing they team. Are. 
So it is, I mean, it happens. I mean, look, look the neighbors are, are dropping points left and right, which I'm totally fine with. The, uh, the Manchester clubs are still like, they're, they're getting stronger, but they're still vulnerable. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's kind of an open season this year. And um, I think, you know, if we can have some modicum of consistency where we don't have a stretch like we did in October, November, uh, I think, again, I think that we are, we can challenge now. And I think we'll be challenging again next year and in the yeah. next couple of years. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think you look at the teams in the league right now and no one's blowing everybody away. And I think that nope. right there, you know, you don't look at, there's no games where I look right now and I'm like, Oh God, that's going to suck. I don't think that anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause there's, there's, there's no one like, like sticking their head above saying, eh, we're better than everybody, you know? So yeah. anyway, Agreed. I usually get excited about those kind of hard games though. I'm weird. But anyway. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that's the thing now is that the next, the next thing is the mentality has to change for. Absolutely. Um, like, like February, not just players, fans. You yes. got to look, you got to look at the stretch run we've got in February where we've got men, you know, we got United away. We got Liverpool away back to back with mm-hmm. a, an FA cup possibly in the middle. And you got to look at that and say, well, we got to go out and do it then. Just. Yeah. I go into everyone thinking, yeah, this, this could feasibly happen. You know what I mean? That yeah. we could grind out a win, you know? So anyway, good stuff. Good stuff, man. Very cool. I'm going to win the lot. Let's do this. Five Let's years do it. now. <laughs> or, uh, you know, in May. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I said within the next five years, so technically that counts. You'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what, a, oh, what, a, what a weirdo if I took credit for that one. <laughs> oh, I, I hope you do. I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so uh well that's the end of the show man we are we are done uh cameron uh just want to make sure that everybody anybody in the uh uh anybody who's watching uh, follows cameron uh the carolina toffees twitter account you can find you know communicate with them there if you're in the carolinas area and you want to get linked up there you can find them there or uh or on facebook um any other Cameron Carolina Toffees based stuff we need to to plug uh yeah just uh for I guess housekeeping purposes uh it's at Carolina Toffees in both Instagram and Twitter oh Um, Instagram as well yeah yes correct um we generally I control both and generally the most of that is me yelling at the club uh on Twitter during matches and also setting the match time meetups Uh, we are Currently, I mean, the COVID situation is kind of unchanged at the moment. We are still having meetups at QCBC, which is the bar in Charlotte uh, right now. It is open. Uh, for instance, we are trying to do a we – we, we will be open for the match on Sunday. We mm-hmm. are planning to try and have people come down from Winston and mm-hmm. from Greenville and anywhere else, maybe Columbia – I haven't put it up there yet on Facebook, but we did a poll. We thought, all right, what's a good weekend time? Uh, the Derby seems to have been the outright winner on February 20th. They just came out uh, with the match times for that. We actually got a good time for once in the Derby. I don't know when mm-hmm. the last time we played them at 12.30 p.m. on a Saturday was, but that's what's happening next month, the uh, 20th, I believe, it's Saturday. 
So we are going to put that in the works. If people are comfortable with coming to Charlotte to QCBC and watching that with us, we are going to put that together. So that's the next yeah. type of thing. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to see if the kids have any games. So yeah, awesome. I'll look into that. Because if the kids have a game, it'll be tough. But if not, I do that. That sounds fun. Awesome. All right. Very Love cool. Love to finally meet you, not in not in Zoom form. Yeah, I know. Man. <laughs> Virtual. I know. Me meeting everybody on Zoom these days. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Well, Cameron, I just want to make sure I said thank you. Thank you for your time. As always, it's a, it's a, it's a pleasure to hang out and talk uh, talk Everton with you. Um, I wanted to make sure and uh, let's see here. I got to do my housekeeping duties now. Uh, make sure if you've been, if you've enjoyed uh, checking this out, uh, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel and Toffee Blues podcast and all that stuff. We'd really appreciate it. Um, uh, also check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, there's a website, Toffee Blues, the website. And there's, you know, a lot of written content by a lot of the contributors that you find uh, here on this channel. They are, a lot of them are my friends. Oh. Uh, but they're, they're super smart blues and, you know, a lot of good insight on there. Um, lastly, it's not Christmas. I don't care. I need to plug my book. Randolph the Christmas Moose uh, conceived this idea, conceived during a Toffee Blues podcast. So yeah, find it on Instagram, not Instagram. I'm saying Instagram. I'm a genius. Find it on Amazon. Uh, yeah, um, people have been saying nice stuff. Been pretty cool. So uh, if you want to check it out, if you got a, if you got a young one um, who's interested in, uh, I don't know, stories about moose that want to be reindeer that, you know, you know training and coming into your own as a person and not letting other people take who, who you want to be away from you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's up your alley. I don't know. So anyway, that's it. Go I'm it. done. I said, go buy it. I said so. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, thank you. All right. <laughs> anyway. Thank you guys. And thank, thank you, Jerry. And thank you to the Toffee Blues as well. Uh, you guys do great work and I always appreciate the invites and being able to come on here. Hey man. And it's, very cool. I, I'm always get excited when you're on, man. So, uh, yeah, because then then I'm just like, oh, I may actually meet him soon. This is cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but thanks again, man. Uh, really appreciate your time and the insights. Always, always great to talk to you. Um, yeah, you too, buddy. All right. So uh, for everybody else out there, um, yeah, FA Cup beckons. Uh, be great to get a win. Be great to advance to play. Uh, Potentially Spurs or Wickham. Who knows who it would be. So uh, got to get this one done first, though. And championship opposition, never easy. Much love, everybody. Uh, really curious what Carlo does. We'll see. Come on, you blues. Yes, definitely. All right. Uh, much, much love. And, uh, yeah, let's do this. Got to get a win. Got to advance. All right. Bye.